Friday. Friday morning, going to be packing up, heading off to go to college, all right? So, just want to be You want to say anything to the folks, John? Bye. <laughs> what do you plan on doing when you go to college? I'm going to be a secondary education major. Secondary education major. And so, um, just ready, just four short years, right? Yep. <laughs> All right, y'all be just uh, love for you to think about him, pray for him while he's gone, but we're going to have a word of prayer for him now. Father, I pray that you'd bless John. Lord, I pray that you'd keep your hand upon him. Lord, I pray that you'd be with him, help him make right decisions. And, and Lord, that you keep your arms around him as a great hedge of protection. As, as uh, any time you're around a, a large group of people like that, there's a, there's a lot of different personalities. There's a lot of different temptations and a lot of things that go on in life. But, Father, I pray that you'd give him strength, that you give him courage, give him boldness, and, and Father, that you'd give him wisdom and knowledge as he studies and, and uh, prepares himself to do the work for you. So, Lord, I pray that you bless him in a mighty way. Keep him safe as he travels down to college, please. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, John. All right, y'all make sure and pray for him. And, and uh, I want you to tonight to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And, and I have to clarify, I said that Brooke and Mike would be going tomorrow. No, Brooke's not going. It's Grant and Mike. Uh, just because Grant is so feminine, I got confused. It's, so, uh, that's the way you get your grandson to love you. And so, so, 1 Corinthians chapter 9 is where we're going to, to read. But before we do, I'm just going to make a, a, a few statements just to, about our um, family that's coming in this next Sunday, Ryan or Harper family. And I don't know that the whole family will be coming in. I really don't know their schedule. I don't, I haven't, we haven't communicated a whole lot except that we've texted back and forth a few times this week. But um, so I don't know if the whole family uh, will be here or what part of the family or, or if it'll just be Brother Reiner. But regardless, I want you all to love on them and, and really, really just uh, treat them incredibly well. To the, um, I can't even imagine, um, you know, to go through the loss of a dad, a granddad, uh, just in recent days. And then uh, a lifetime of ministry suddenly just... To being yanked out from under them and, and totally unexpected. And so uh, uh, pray for them. And, and uh, you know, I'm sure to pray that maybe the government will change their mind before they move, that somehow that uh, their, their visas will be uh, renewed. Uh, without a doubt, though, I especially want you to pray for the kids. If the kids happen to be here, uh, really, really be good to them because uh, this kind of transition, if they've been there 17, 18 years, that means it, for the most part that this is the only life these kids know. This is the only place they know. I want you to also understand that they have to move and come here uh, to, to our area. Um, you know, even though, you know, Canada is, is as similar to us probably as any nation in, America, uh, in, a, in the world, there's still going to be cultural differences, and that's that's going to be a major change of their their entire lives to come to move like that, um, and so it, it's just going to be a big big change for them. They're going to be leaving friends of a lifetime, uh, just everything, leaving their home. So uh, please be in prayer for them. Be very very kind to them. Um, 
I don't know, and this is, this is I almost thought about, you know, having this put on uh, the, the Internet. Um, can you stop the Internet for a second? You can? That mean you did it? Got it, okay. Um, I don't know when they, they're moving here and to live in, in Brother Harper's house that, that, that he has. It's 10 minutes from us at the most, probably not even that much. But I don't know what decision they'll make about what church to go to, where they'll decide to go, anything like that. But uh, I, I really, I want them to feel free to pray and make a decision. I don't want us... I don't want us to, to make them feel pressured like their daddy went here, so they live here now, so they come here. Uh, I want them to do that if that's God's will for their life. And so I just don't want them to feel any, any pressure from us. I just want them to be, be loved on by us and, and, and try to uh, be helped any way we can. So uh, just so you understand that, I, I think... It's going to be a very difficult time, very confusing and hard to understand, for the, especially for the kids, uh, and maybe for the adults too, truthfully. You know why? Uh, you know, we always ask those why. We know we leave it in the Lord's hands, but that those kind of, we still kind of, Lord, I'd sure like to know exactly what's, what, what you're doing here. All right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I kept you late this morning. I'll try my best not to keep you late tonight. Uh, I didn't mean to do that. Is it darker here? Do we have the full lights on, everything? I just, we do? It just seems like it's darker to me than, uh, say what? It is darker? Are you sure we have the full lights on? Yes. Okay. Really, it seems the same to everybody else? Okay. Matthew, you're going to go fix it? Come on now. <laughs> right. Yeah, push that one that says full house lights. Do you see that? And it's, yeah. I think we have a power shortage or something. All right. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, verse 18. Look at verse 18. It says, what is my reward then? Verily, that when I preach the gospel, I make make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became a Jew, as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews, to them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law, to them that are without the law, as without the law, being not without the law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless in the few moments that we have. Lord, I thank you for allowing us to be able to meet. Lord, thank you uh, for our young people that go off to college. Lord, I, I, I thank, 
you know, as Colby's here and uh, he'll be leaving to go back to college very soon and Arthur is just coming back and coming to college here and the other and 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 uh, Bell and Hannah as they're starting their semesters again Lord I pray that you you bless them I know Jeremy's already back up at college father I pray that you'd be with our young people please uh, just just guard them protect them help them to be and to, to do all that you would have them to do and be all that you'd have them to be. And then, Father, tonight I pray, please, that you would just guide us in what we study and, and give me wisdom, give me clarity. The mind's a little weary tonight, but, Lord, I pray that you please help me to do and say what just, just what you'd have me to do. In Jesus' name, amen. The, um, in this, this passage, of course, it, it's such a... Uh, it, a much used verse that's in in the passage says to the weak became I as weak that I might gain the weak I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some and this is a very much used uh, verse uh, in is this present day and it has a, a variety of meanings and so we're going to talk about it now uh, before we even get into it I want to compare that statement to become all things to all men compare that statement to second corinthians chapter six excuse me if you go to second corinthians chapter six look at verse 14 second corinthians chapter six verse 14 says be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, what concord hath Christ with Belial, and what part hath he that believeth with an infidel, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols, for ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I'll be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Uh, you see this two passages. You see this one verse that says that we're to seemingly uh, be whatever they are so that we can win them. Uh, you know, that I become like everybody so that I can, I can win them. Uh, but you compare that just to this one passage of Scripture, and it clearly says that God says, well, wait a minute, also, you know, if you're going to become what they are, that's going to contradict, these two passages contradict each other because God says, come out from among them and be separate. He said, as you go out to try to reach people, God clearly says, now, I don't want you becoming them. Uh, you know, you've got, to come, you've got to be separate from them. He said, the truth is, when I reached you, I told you to come out of them. He says, so I don't want you going back into them. He, he, I don't want you doing that. So uh, anytime, and I'm getting way ahead of myself, but anytime a verse is a verse or maybe in a passage seems to say one thing and the rest of Scripture seems or contradicts what it says, then we better go back and study some more because God's Word cannot contradict itself. And so usually what it comes down to is that that verse that we think it seems to say something, but yet scripture the bulk of scripture or the the whole context of scripture uh contradicts what we think it says well it just simply means that it does not mean what we think it means uh, and so 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22, Paul said, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now, if this is an it's just a passage that's sort of an isolated passage from the rest of Scripture, we can assume that Paul was willing to do anything to reach the lost, including adopting their lifestyle. Uh, that he was maybe even be willing to compromise his ethics or his moral beliefs. Uh, because he, said, he says here, that verse says that, that, I'm, you know, that I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. So all things, if we just take it and say, well, sure, okay, that means that uh, yeah, <laughs> all means all. And so if, if God, if it really, if that verse really means that I'm going to be everything that that person is in order that he will feel comfortable around me or for whatever reason, however it's going to help me win him, somehow uh, I'm going to become what he is in every way. Well, just common sense would tell us that that cannot be true. That cannot be true. Now, if this, again, if it's isolated, though, you think, well, maybe that's what he's saying. And, and honestly, that's sort of the, the doctrine, the teaching that's popularized today. Uh, is a teaching that if, that if you follow it to a logical end, it's boundless. It's endless. You see, I'll become all things to all men. That means, uh, you know, if, if Mike wants to go to the bar and he's comfortable in the bar, well, I'm going to go to the bar with him. If uh, brother, brother Hopper uh, uh, wants to, uh, you know, spend all of his time uh, around uh, the humanist and, and secularist and, and the ungodly and says this is what, uh, you know, this is where my time is, this is who I, I follow, who, who's who I trust, then I, I need to spend my time around him talking about all those things and doing all those things and living all those things. And if, if uh, Brother Allen, uh, you know, his whole life is to, is to go to the beach and party. <laughs> then I got to go down the beach and party with it. But that means that I can go through everybody in this room and whatever thing, wild thing you might want to do, i got to do that too. It's endless. It's absolutely endless. It has no boundaries. Now, when we compare Scripture to Scripture, we find that Paul did not mean this. Paul taught that believers are to abstain from any appearance of evil. So surely that would mean, again, Scripture will not contradict itself. So surely this, this passage must mean something else. If I'm to abstain from the appearance of evil, if I'm to come out from among them and be separate, if there's something that, that Mike's doing that, that is against Scripture, God is, surely cannot be telling me to join up with him, even if I'm just going to go sit at the bar and he's going to drink and get drunk, but I'm not going to get drunk. Because it's an appearance of evil. And this is not about drinking and getting drunk, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, I'm, anyway, that's not what it's about. The, um, Paul would not have done anything contrary to Christ and his ways in his own life and his ministry. I just don't believe that. Paul was, is given to follow the word of God and follow Christ as any, anybody in Scripture. 
Paul rebuked Peter for his compromise of the gospel to the Jewish brethren. In Galatians 2.12, it says, for before, that, a certain, uh, before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles, but when they were come, he withdrew and separated themselves, fearing them which were of the circumcision. So Paul did not mean that we act, uh, you know, uh, he rebuked Peter for acting one way with one group and another way with another group. Do you understand? So to say that verse means that I need to act this way with him and I need to act totally different with him and I need to act totally different with him, that's, that's, not, that's going against what Paul got. That's where he, he got on to Peter for doing that. Paul said to Peter, uh, he, said, he said, I said unto Peter before them all, if thou being a Jew liveth after the manner of the Gentiles and not as do the Jews... Why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? Well, notice what it says there. He said, you know, uh, uh, Peter uh, liveth after the manner of the Gentile and not as the Jews. Well, uh, well, how come he wasn't living as the Jews? Well, the Jews were, were still uh, living according to the law. Well, Peter was not going to live according to the law as far as, uh, you know, living the same way with the same purpose that the law had uh, salvation at its end. In 921, uh, the verse 921, we just read our text verses, to them that are without the law, as without the law, not being without the law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without, the, without law. To them that are without law, this is not saying he lived as though there were no law. The verse itself explains that he's not without the law, that he's still under the law of Christ. When Paul was among the Gentiles, he simplified the message so they could understand. This is what he's saying. He's saying, when I was with the Jews, I talked the language of the Jews because they understood. And they understood. So I believe Paul, uh, when he went to the Jews... He, he used uh, the, the sacrifices and he used the temple worship and he used all that to, to, to show and draw a picture of Christ, to bring them to Christ. When he came to the Gentiles, he didn't talk about the temple worship and the sacrifices. They didn't know anything about that. You know what he talked to them about? He talked to them about his own testimony of how Christ came and gave him a new life. So he talked their language because he understood who they were. Paul explains that he's always under the law of Christ and he's never free to do things that would be contrary to the, to the new covenant. This is made abundantly clear in Galatians 5.13. It says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. In our text, you'll notice a key phrase in there. It's <clears throat> talking about serving them. You know, uh, God is, is saying basically that whole text hinges on not becoming them. It hinges on humbling yourself and serving them. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, I know there's a lot of scripture, I'm going fast, but I don't want to keep you late. It says, verse 27 says, but I, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. If, I, if there's a necessity of keeping myself in subjection, well, from what? If I can be all things to all men, that means I can do, I, 
all things, I must be able to do anything. But Paul says, no, I've got to keep my body in subjection. Now, question. Does the interpretation that I'm told applies to this verse, and by that I mean that Effectively, there's a lot, there's a movement, there's a lot of teaching out there that, that really we need to, uh, culture in America has changed, so we've got to become the culture so that they feel comfortable in church, so that they will want to come to church. I mean, most, uh, you know, many, many of our, our churches today, you walk in tonight, it's dark out there. I got a spotlight on me, and I understand that, it should be. Uh, so... But uh, I got, it's dark out there, and I got a spotlight on me. Now, they, that's because that's the culture of today. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to uh, throw a fit over it. I, I can't stand darkness. I'd rather be able to see the people. I'd rather, I, you know, it, it, honestly, you put me in that environment, I'm probably going to go to sleep a lot faster than you go to, go to sleep under these lights. Now, but if all the rest of the Bible contradict what I believe a verse to say, then I must have the wrong interpretation of the verse. When the scripture says, I made all things to all men, rational thinking should tell you that it cannot be, uh, <laughs> that I cannot become all things to all men. If I did, I'd be living in hypocrisy. I would be a farce and a fake. I, I'd be schizophrenic. You can't, you cannot change and become. That's a salesman. I'm not trying to, I hope nobody's out here as a salesman. I'm not trying to, to become what they are. That's not what he, what God is saying here. If you took it to the Extreme. Now, just think about this. If you go to the absolute extreme of this, you would have to deny Christ because there's some men that deny Christ. And if I become all things to all men, then I've got to become what they are. And if they deny Christ, I must have to deny Christ. It doesn't make rational sense to take that direction. And so, at some point, we have to understand do I need to understand and uh, <clears throat> be able to communicate somewhat with this culture? Yes. I've got to understand, uh, you know, we talk about millennials, but we're past millennials now. I think it's Generation Z or something. But, uh, uh, you know, I, do I need to understand them? Yeah, as much as I can. I need to understand, try to understand what makes them tick, what makes them function, how they function. I, I need, that would help be helpful for me to understand. I need to, I need to, to study. I need to, to understand how to relate. I need to understand terminology. I need to, li- need to know a little bit about technology because uh, that's the, the world in which we live in. I need to do that. But I, I just don't believe that God is saying that I need to take the church and turn it into something that they feel comfortable in for we didn't look I'm comfortable before I got saved I was comfortable in the world so if I'm trying to make them feel comfortable that must mean I must make them 
continue to feel like they're still in the same environment that they were always in. But when you get saved, something happens. You're, not, you're no longer comfortable in the world. And as I said, there'd just be no boundaries if it means be all things to all men. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 13, it says, Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. This gives us a, a little bit of an inkling what, what Paul's really talking about. If meat makes my brother to offend, I'm not going to eat meat. This is about, but listen to me, this whole context, and here's again where, where part of the fallacy is, this whole text that we're studying, what we're looking at, it's talking about personal evangelism. It's talking about individual reaching of another individual. It's not talking about church methods and procedures. It's not talking about that at all. It's talking about individually when I meet him uh, on the street or at the door or at the ball game that, that I understand, you know, that where he, I understand who he is. I understand that, that he, he, may, he may be drinking a beer and, and, and I don't flip out. I understand that that's not going to, look, did you know that drinking a beer will not send you to hell? Now, it may make your life miserable in the morning, but it, it won't send you to hell. Rejection of Christ is what sends somebody to hell. Okay, now, am I going to teach them? If I can get him to, to accept Christ, am I going to teach them that that, that beer is going to mess up his life eventually? Because you keep consuming this, it's going to mess with you. And it usually don't stop with that. It's going to progress or digress to something else. And so uh, whether you believe it or not, it's just, to me, it's unwise. And so let's, let's not go there because you're going to end up hurting yourself. And you say, well, no, I got it under control. Okay, you're the one out of nine million that's got it under control. But, but, uh, but there's a real probability or possibility that you're going to end up hurting yourself. But when I first meet him, I'm not going to blow a fuse about that. I'm going to talk to him and I'm going to be friendly to him because I understand where he's coming from. You understand that, folks? I got to take him from where he is. And Paul says at that moment, I'm not going to lose my mind over that. I'm going to start to, to I'm going to be kind to him. I'm going to be good to him. I'm going to, I'm going to find out what his need is. I'm going to pray for him if he needs prayer. I'm going to do those things because right now, getting a beer out of his hand is not the most important thing. Getting him saved is the most important thing. Now, And again, I say this is, this is not church, church methods and procedures teaching. Uh, uh, it's teaching to an individual. It's, it's evangelizing an individual. If I become them to reach them for Christ, listen to this. If I become them to reach them through Christ, have I not taught them that the Christ that I'm bringing them to will become them also? You see, what I'm implying is, is that if I am going to become you, 
and I'm trying to tell you about Jesus who changed me, then apparently Jesus must be what he is already. So what I've done is I've brought Jesus to him rather than him to Jesus. If we become what they are to win them and keep them, have we not at the very best eliminated all scripture that teaches how a person should live after salvation? What Paul is teaching is that he was willing to deny himself and give up his rights. See, here's, here's the misconception. When we look at it, we say, man, uh, since I have grace and I have freedom, then I have I had the freedom to become what he is, to dress like he does, walk like he does, listen to what he does, watch what he does, go where he does, sit where he does, drink what he does. I can do it because I have freedom in Christ. Well, I've I just told you that none of those things are going to send you to hell if you've trusted Christ as your Savior. But that's not what Paul's teaching. He's not saying what he has the freedom to do. Paul's teaching about the fact that he gives up things in order to reach them. You see, if he's a Jew and he doesn't believe he's supposed to eat a ham sandwich, then Paul's, even though that big old ham sandwich is laying there, says, I'm not going to eat it. Does this make sense? It's what he gives up. It's not what he gets to do. Verse 19 says, For though I be free from all men, yet I have made, I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. You see, this whole thing was about humbling yourselves and being willing to give, not being willing to do, being able to do. This is not freedom to be what the world is, but rather a giving up of freedom. In some, some cases, restrict themselves from things that might be misunderstood. Uh, this is not a freedom, uh, just an illustration, but this is not a freedom to use any kind of music that the world listened to, uh, uh, but rather a restriction to limit myself to music that will not cause people to doubt my Christianity. Now, I understand we're in a different world up here, but, but there is some music, if, if I started playing up here, now, I, I, I have, I'm very strong about music, but if there's some music I started playing up here, uh, or I, I was, you walked up and I was playing in my car, and, and I've got some, some music playing there, you would just wonder, whoa, you know, uh, is the preacher who I thought he was? So even if it was, what, and this is just an example, even because music is such a, you know, a unique kind of thing, but even if, even if there was something okay, if I knew that that was going to cause somebody to hinder somebody, to cause somebody to stumble, it'd be better for me to give it up. And this is what Paul's saying. He said, there's some things I just need to give up because, uh, you know, to, to, the, to the Gentile, uh, that's going to be offensive, so I shouldn't do it. To the Jew, it would have been okay. You know, and, and I'm not talking about music, but I'm just talking about anything like that. That God, He's saying there's some things, and I need to know what those things are that will bother them. Let me just give you this illustration. The, uh, one of the prayer conferences that we had, and I believe it was a prayer conference, uh, uh, the people of the village uh, made food for those who came from the village. And, you know, we've had several, so I'm kind of, you know, maybe running things together. But the way I remember it, the people of the, of the village prepared food for those 
people who came from the villages. Brooke and Rhoda made food for the Americans. Because honestly, we eat two different kinds of food. You know, I mean, and, and it's prepared in a different venue, in a different way. Now, Mike could have and probably would have rather eaten with the Americans and eaten than to eat food from the village. But he became all things to all men. And honestly, he took the chance of becoming ill. And he ate the food not prepared by the, for the Americans. He ate the food with the people from the village prepared by the people in the village. That's what becoming all things to all men is. It's giving up. It's not an opportunity to get away with something or to do something. It's giving up something. Your Christian freedom allows you to take obstacles out of the way to do or not to do something in order to make your path of evangelism easier and more effective. Uh, and this must be done in a way that is consistent with the moral law and in a way that makes the gospel more clear. And I'll be honest with you, some of the things that are going on today in, in the sake of making the culture, people of the culture feel comfortable, I think we're making the gospel confusing. Paul was not talking about some form of freedom to live like the lost, but rather the willingness to give up some good thing that the lost might uh, be more receptive to the gospel. Paul is speaking about his personal conduct rather than providing a full-blown missionary strategy or church planning methodology. Paul desired to have those he witnessed to feel that he understood them and their culture. Another little illustration. You know, if we decided to start a jail ministry here at our church, and maybe one day we, we might, uh, but I would study, if I was going to start a jail ministry, I'd study about life in prison. I would study about the opportunities uh, uh, that they have in prison and also, also the abuses that take place in prison. I'd want to know as much as I could about their, their life in prison to understand their terminology, their heartaches, and their fears. I would want to understand what's going on in their minds when I walk into that cell. And I've been there before to go preach in the cells before. But, but I would, if I was going to have a ministry, I'd want to know how can I best reach them? How can I understand what they're enduring? How can I best understand what they're going through? But folks, I would not want to go violate a crime and go to prison so I could be like them. I wouldn't want to start speaking and acting as they do. You know, for 20 years I worked with the, the military with those sailor boys and, and I tried to study them and I tried to understand them and I tried to, to you know, understand their, their, you know, the, the way they thought and understand what they were in and how it felt to be away from home. And, and I believe that's why we were able to reach some, so many of them. But when they came down, one of my rules was, was that, you know, while you're down here, you've got to reach back and flip that little switch in the back of your head that shuts off all the cussing. 
I said, you know where that switch is because when most of you, when you go stand in front of your mama, you flip that switch. I said, so when you come in front of our ch- children and our families, you flip that switch. And, and for the next 48 hours, you're not going to do it. I didn't start cussing with them. Well, at least not normally. But then, I just... They had to see there was something different about us. Oh, we, I would tell them, hey, we'll knock heads with you. We'll play football with you. We'll, we'll, we'll run the field with you. We'll fight and, and we'll get intense in the game. We'll do everything we can in here. We'll do this. We're men just like you. We enjoy the sport just like you. We understand. We understand what it's like to go away from home, to move away from home. We understand the loneliness. We understand what it's like to not have good food in the dormitory, so to speak. We understand that. We understand all that, but, but the we're also bringing you to something different so that you have something to reach for, something to desire. You know, and thankfully, you know, just, just a little simple rule and a request, and there probably wasn't 10 cuss words in 20 years. And that was all about workers. And so, <laughs> no. if we're going to reach the lost, we simply cannot be unreachable ourselves. We cannot set ourselves up above the people. We must understand who they are, how they live, their heartaches, and their struggles. The Jew, as I said before, would not eat a barbecue pork sandwich. So Paul said, neither will I. The Gentiles said, I love pork sandwiches, and Paul didn't probably, but he ate it anyway. The weak said, I'm always failing, and Paul said, And they said, Paul, you wouldn't understand. And Paul said, are you kidding? The things I should do, I don't do. And the things I should not do, I do. My spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. I understand, fellas. The Jews said, you can't eat until you wash your hands. And Paul said, I'm washing up. The Gentile threw him a a, a corn on the cob and, and, and said, enjoy. And Paul started eating. Do you understand He's not talking about I'm going to look like, walk like, talk like the world so that the world is comfortable. He simply said these inconsequential things that don't have anything to do with me going to heaven or hell, I'm just going to tell you, you, you know what? I understand what you believe, and I'm not going to make an issue over non-issues. But folks, that's a whole lot different than somebody. And I'll say again, this is all personal evangelism, personal relationship. This has nothing to do. They built a doctrine for the church on something that was supposed to be a teaching about reaching individual people. Out on the street, at the house, at the ball game, at the grocery store, at the gas station, had nothing to do with the church. But what we've done is that, okay, anybody here that you got saved after you were like 20 years old? Anybody? Okay. After you got saved, did the places that you went to, and, and if you're like me, you 
the places I went to, most of them were dark. When you went to a dance place, it was dark. When you went to a bar, it was dark. When you went to, and I think it's just because, you know, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil, but it's also because, you know, you really don't want to know what that other person looks like too much anyway. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand what is the attraction when I went to a concert, it was dark, except for the spotlights on the entertainment. I don't understand why it is that I've got to make the world feel like I'm putting on a show. And we walk in in darkness and leave in darkness. I'm, I'm sounding too mean here, I guess, but I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to say, folks, this is this is why we do what we do. And, and I think I, I'm not attacking people because I think there's a lot of sincere people trying to do some, some. They're really trying to reach people for Christ, and they've been convinced by this world that because this culture, and it's so funny. Anybody grew up in the '70s? Anybody remember the 70s? Uh, if, you, if you are from the 70s, then, then just hum a little disco and I can, I can tell you. The, uh, the, um, today, they say, do you, it's like the culture is different for the first time in history. So the millennial, post-millennial culture is so different from anything that we've ever seen before and and we just don't understand it and you've got to you've got to come to what they are in order for them to want you did y'all hear me this morning describe 20 years old afro bib overalls no shirt and flip-flops that was a little bit of a culture then too folks and can I tell you, I was invited to a bunch of places, Young Life, Campus Life, This Life, That Life, everything. I was invited to a bunch of places where they just played the guitars and kind of rocked out. And I felt like I was at the place back then, it was called Across the Tracks, where we would go over to this restaurant, bar, they would play music and sit there and, and chill out, man. And so when I'd go to these places, they're doing the same thing. So you know what I would do? I would do the same thing. I'd look for women. At the Campus Life meeting, I'm looking for women. That's what I did at the bar. Well, really I didn't. They were always looking for me. But the... <laughs> Smile, Joe Beth. The, uh, it was not until she, I came home from the police department one day and she said, you got to go with me to church tonight. 
And I walked in and listened to a guy preach. And I thought, I've never heard anything like this before. I've never been around anything that was real before. And my life was transformed. Because it wasn't just more the same. We just changed a few words to the songs. It was different. And that was the 70s culture. And I know we're in a wild culture here, but 70s was not exactly, you know, you, you know leave it to beaver. You know what I mean? You know, if... If the crowd said, we're having a keg party, come get wasted with us, you really think Paul would have started drinking with them? If they're playing music and gyrating physically and sensually, you really think Paul would have jumped up and started doing the bump? Everything should fit the rest of Scripture pertaining to holiness and righteousness Everything should make sense, honestly. Become all things to all men does not say or mean become what all men are. Everything should be understood in its context of personal outreach, not church methodology. And finally, the answer truly is he was saying humble yourselves to the needs of others so that they can feel that we understand them and love them rather, to that, rather than we want to become them. For if we become them, we offer them nothing. What are we offering? They already are what they are, so if we become them, what are we really offering them? You say, well, they got saved. Well, there's a lot more to the Bible after getting saved. What are we offering them? The world understands that the gospel should be transforming. You know, that's the strange thing. The world even understands the gospel should be transforming if it's real. It's the worldly Christian that seems to want to live the unchanged life. And so I promise you I wouldn't keep you late. And I did anyway. And I apologize. It was not my fault. Uh, my wife looked at me and scared me to death a few minutes ago. <laughs> I have no idea um, what this might mean to you. And I'm not, uh, honestly, I am not attacking because they can do whatever they want to do. You say, well, then why are you saying all these things? For our people sake I don't want you to be confused I don't want it's so easy for somebody to get up and say right here it says that we're to become all things to all men that's why I do this that's why I do that that's why you know I have my uh, folks don't let that get you sidetracked that is not what scripture means and there's too many scriptures that would contradict that kind of teaching. I hope it's a help to you a little bit. I'll just have a word of prayer. If you 
it's traditional that we'd use, you know, that if you would like to use the altar, you can pray for a few minutes. And it might be something that you've been struggling with, and it may, all this may have done is create some questions. And if it does, then I would first talk to the Lord about it. And then secondly, if you still can't find the, the answer from Scripture from the Lord, uh, then talk to me, and uh, we'll see if we can help. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless Lord Jesus. Thank